I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Don't talk about it. Hi, I'm Raina. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them. And we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. Episode 9. Us too. Alright, well this is one where we're going to need alcohol actually, so yes. what do we do first? Well, we're going to fucking... There's crack. my crack! <laughs> crack, crack the, the claw, claw, y'all! Hmm. Yes, this episode, first um, we'd like to give a little disclaimer. Yeah, we want to give a, a little bit of a content warning. So today we are talking about sexual assault and... This is a topic that needs to be talked about. It affects so many of us. And it also can be difficult and really activating if you are a survivor. Mm -hmm. Today, Raina and I are going to talk about our stories. We will not be going into, obviously, graphic detail, but we are going to talk about what it's like to have experienced assault, to be a survivor, and to work toward recovery. So as you're listening... If you find yourself becoming activated or upset, we want to really encourage you to step away, take a break, take care of yourself, come back to it when you're ready. If you're ready, we'll be here. We will be here. But we got to talk about these things or else shame will get inside us and continue to create the, the cycles of abuse that perpetuate themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay, so deep breath. Okay. Um, Ready to get into it? Yeah. I mean, one thing I did want to start out with is just some statistics to really highlight what an actual, like, public health epidemic Mm. rape and sexual assault are. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times it's thought of as just, quote, unquote, just a women's issue. It's actually an everyone issue. It is. And we have an epidemic of sexual assault in this country. Every 73 seconds, a person in America is sexually assaulted. Shit. Yeah. Um, One in six women will experience or have experienced sexual assault in their lifetimes. One in 10 men will as well. Mm. And I actually think that this is an issue where – we really have to talk about the fact that this does happen to men mm-hmm. because it doesn't get talked about and it causes them a lot of harm. Yeah. I mean, we're we're not talking to a man today, but I, I do just want to acknowledge up front that men can be assaulted too by other men and other women. And, and it women. fucks them up. Yes. Um and then I, I also just wanted to, I guess, mention that like when we think about who's the highest risk in this country. Trans women and indigenous women are like assaulted at 
ridiculously disproportionate rates. And it's just something that feels important to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, We're sharing our stories today. We are not um, members of those communities, but I just want to name and acknowledge the high risk that trans women and indigenous women are at for sexual assault. So we can all kind of think about like our role in ending this epidemic and creating a culture of consent. Yes. So thank you, Megan. Yeah. I don't know. It's the, it's also like a, a, a therapist, a trauma therapist, as we've talked about, and I actually only work with assault survivors. Mm-hmm. So that's where I get kind of like into this piece, mm-hmm. but I wanted to share that so that we could kind of, we could enter in and listeners can enter in like really thinking about how often this happens. Yes. Which is horrible. Horrible. And also like, if it's happened to you, you're not alone with this. Not at all. And something that is so difficult about the experience uh, about experiencing a sexual assault or a rape is it, you feel really alone. Mm-hmm. It's really, really isolating. Yeah. And we carry the shame that belongs to the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. We carry the shame that belongs to the person that caused us harm. But because of the way that society is structured, it's our fault. We were asking for it. All of that shit. So you wind up carrying that with you Mm -hmm. and feeling like you're the only one. And unfortunately, the statistics I just shared... No. You're not. (laughs) And two of the two women that are here today... Yeah. So. Two out of two in this. Two out of two. Size. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna so, um, have. You know, we were actually talking before the episode how Raina and I both mask pain with humor and minimizing. Minimizing so, is a biggie one. Yeah, we're gonna try not to do that in this episode. But if there are points where we're like, I don't laughing at something, it's not because we take this lightly. It's because that's a survival strategy that both of us have. Um, Created for ourselves over the years. Yes, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. What is there anything you want to say in inner, like kind of just entering into the topic or? I mean, I just want to acknowledge that it's, it's going to be a tough episode. Yeah. You know, and, um, but I think we both think it's super important to have this conversation, um, to have space for this conversation and, um, share our stories because we do walk in this world and people may, look at us um, a certain way, like I'm not uh, blind to how I may come across to people or we may come across to people. Um, But I just I think it's so important to know no matter what somebody may look like on the outside or what you may think about them, they have a fucking story, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, just to, you know, think about that, too. Like, you don't know what goes on in people's heads. You don't know somebody's story fully um so we're all in this together yeah as we go through this life journey and this episode we are are working in it i think the other thing that i will say is i'm i am multiple decades away from my first assault which was at the age of 14 and my second which was at the age of 19 Mm -hmm. and so and have done work to process it we'll talk about but what i want to say up front is that recovery is possible um so if you are in the depths of this right now and you feel like god damn it i have to live with this forever like this will always be with me this has changed me fundamentally yeah it's changed you and um Healing is possible. Recovery is possible. Finding your way back to the core of you is possible. Mm -hmm. It just takes time and it takes breaking the silence, which is what we're doing today. Yeah, because time, I mean, again, time is all relative, but to speak to what you were saying, mine is decades away as well. I was 14 years old, but it's still... we're both 14 the first time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. For, we were both 14 at a time of an assault. Yes. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, that's okay. But yeah. um, but again, time is all relative. And so that assault or that memory can like feel like it was fucking happening right this second, yeah. you know? So we're very cautious of that. I am I am aware of that. Um, it's 
a healing process. There's never like an ending or a destination to this. It's just getting, you know, like every day is a new day and we, and Mm -hmm. we, and we deal with it as, as it comes, you know? Um, And what we're going to talk about today are like some of the bigger ones. It's not even to mention all the times my ass has been grabbed in public or my boob has been grabbed in public or the time that I've seen penises I didn't want to see by like, uh, (laughs) I remember like being like nine years old at the public library in my hometown in the in the children's section and like seeing a man masturbating. Oh my god! I mean, I don't count that as an assault per se, but it's That's something still, like disturbing. It's horrible. Yeah. I just ran and told my mom. So like, we're not even talking about all of those like, mm, I don't know, micro assaults mm. today. But that shit happens yeah. all the time too. All the time, the cat calling, yeah. the fucking ass grabbing, the like. Um, all of it. it. There's a lot that, that us women and men and people in general just have to go through, you know. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to be talking specifically about um, rape and sexual assault. Rape and yeah. sexual assault. Yes, let's name it. All right. I know it's a hard. It's a hard. It's a hard. We're word talking about to it. Say yeah. Um, but it has to be. I think it has to be said. Yeah. Yes. So, all right. What do you feel like is the way in? To our stories. Do you want to trade them off? Do you want to go first? How do you? Yeah. I mean, I don't mind okay. um, talking about mine. Um, let's just talk about it, shall we? Yeah. So what? So you were 14. I was 14. What happened? I was 14 and I was with my friends and we went to um, this 20-year-old's house I was literally in ninth grade. We went to some guy's house that my friend was dating who was 20. Fucking dark dude. 20 year old dude. Yeah. I mean, like, dudes that aren't teenagers don't hang out with teen. Like, please don't. Please fucking don't. So, my friend was dating this 20 year old. We all went over to his fucking apartment. He had a friend there. And, um,. Yeah, I was 14. We were smoking. We were drinking. You know, I was getting attention from his friend. I liked it. You know, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, because he was hot. You know, he was 19. I remember he was 19. And, you know, I'm not going to go into any graphics or whatever, but. um, Oh, my God. Am I going to actually say this out loud? Um, <laughs> Fuck. So that was the night that I lost my virginity. And I will say that I lost it. Yeah. That I didn't choose to lose it. Um, and I actually said no a few times. Um, but for some reason. So, and it wasn't um, how I wanted to lose my virginity. This is not what I wanted. I was really... Uh, inebriated at the time again I was a kid and um my friends were in the room with us and I didn't even know until the next day that it was rape yeah first I just want to check in and see how you're doing right now no I'm okay Okay. I was just like oh god am I really gonna say this out loud yeah um because it's taken me a long time to like admit that it was right. I yeah, I think that's I know that's really common. Yeah. Like there's just there's this idea that to be raped or to be assaulted is to be like snatched off the street by a stranger yeah. and brutalized. That happens, but really it's some it's something like 85ish percent of rapes and sexual assaults happen um, from someone you know mm-hmm. and like quote unquote date rapes, which I hate that term. Yeah. Like let's not like dress it up. Right. You know? And so it's really I have an experience that I also didn't I didn't realize was a rape until like a year later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean I was really literally, disorienting. Yeah. I yeah. mean literally this was what, twenty six years ago? And I'm still yeah. like coming to terms with like admitting that it that's what it was because I felt like I asked for it or I because I wanted to mess because I did mess around with him but I didn't want to fucking nobody would choose to lose their virginity in that manner and I didn't and I said no 
And my friends even heard me say no. And mm-hmm. they're the ones that brought it up to me the next day saying, Raina, like, no, you said no. We were there. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I think um, uh, what it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. I didn't know the fucking guy, but I I don't know if I wanted to admit it. I wanted I. I, I did what I always do, which was minimize things. That the point in my life at that time was um, not a good time in my life. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody was minimizing everything else around me, and not. So it was just um, there's a lot of other things going on at the time. But bottom line is, if somebody told me this story, this is what my therapist told me. Like if somebody t- came to me and like and told me this story of how they lost their virginity, what would I say to them? Like, would this be rape? And I'm like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, no. And you're on your fucking period. Like who the fuck wants to lose their virginity like that? You know, but it wasn't again, like it wasn't physical. It wasn't like he hit me. It wasn't like he pinned me down, but I was out of my mind. I was drunk and fucking high. And there's so much there. He was, I don't, I mean, I personally don't think a 14 year old can consent to physical intimacy with a 20 year old anyway. Yeah. Just because of the power differential with that kind of age difference at that age. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I'm 37. Can I date someone six years older than me now and consent? Yeah, I'm 37. My prefrontal cortex is fully formed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so different. Yeah. When you're four, 14 to 20, that's like, different lifetimes and you were inebriated and you said no but it's so funny how like the society puts into your head which i'm not saying this is what you think now but just like that thought of like but i was flirting with him yes like i did want to make out out with him of course he wanted to make out like teenagers want to make out with people that's like kind of how it goes yeah but that is not like a kiss is not blanket consent for anything else that somebody wants to make happen or not yeah yeah and i remember saying that i was a virgin and i didn't want to do this Mm. and um but fucking did it somehow some way um i mean i do remember i do no no matter how fucking fucked up i was i remember every single second of it that's how fucking like gross it is you know that's what shit can do like it can like like, I can literally feel it like it happened yesterday, Isn't you know, 26 years ago. Yeah. You know, and like, fuck that motherfucker now, you know, like, who the fuck is this sick fuck? You know, <laughs> like, now I get mad. Now I'm getting mad, you know, like, fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of thinking it was my little, me as a little girl and all oh, just, you know, having sex with a 19 year old, you know, I'm really cool, you know, and and we even went back to that house like a few weeks later and that's that's just the shit that goes on in your head you know like you don't i don't know it was it was very confusing and i was confused for a very long time yeah but i'm like literally processing in real time right now (laughs) i'm not confused anymore by it like that's a horrible thing for somebody like if i'm looking outside of myself it's a horrible way for um a little girl 14 years old to lose her virginity yeah you know how does it feel to be able to just say that, like, without apologizing or coming up with an excuse for why it happened? Like, it's so freeing. Yeah. Like, there is no question in my mind right now of just how, like, like, no, that was fucking wrong. You know, it was wrong. And, like, I'm talking to myself, third person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing wrong, Raina. You know, there was nothing wrong with you. You didn't do anything wrong. It was not your fault. And um, yeah, like it's just so freeing just to like admit that it wasn't, it wasn't my fault, you know? Yeah. And to believe it, to be able to say it to yourself, because you can hear that from other people. And sometimes I think it's like not even a helpful thing to hear from other people. Yeah. But when you reach a point where you say that to yourself and you believe it's true, mm-hmm. that is like a real high watermark. It is in because healing. you know what? I fucking deserved more than that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. That's why I'm really mad at this person. We all, well, I guess the listeners don't all know, you know how yeah. protective I am of my friends and yeah. of you and, 
oh, the things I want to say right now that I'm not going to because it's not about him. It's about you. Yeah. And I fucking deserved deserved more more than that. I was worthy of more than that. So. (laughs) So, yeah. You were. (laughs) That's why I'm so sure of it now, because that's why for so long I wasn't so sure because I didn't know if I was worthy enough of a lot of things. But I know for a fact I was like worthy of like having my first time be with somebody that cared about me or like fucking that I cared about, you know, and that you chose that I chose. Yeah. That I said yes to. Yeah. So. Yeah. So see, fucking 26 years later, here we are. Like, what is fucking time? You know, like shit. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. I'm going to like take a breather. Megan, (laughs) you want to share your story? (laughs) I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so for me, I have two. Um, the first time I was assaulted, I was 14 years old. Um, also by an, a person older than me, 18. Um, <clears throat> What's up with sorry these gross to, older motherfuckers? I don't know. Like, sorry ahead. to cough into the microphone. <laughs> and um, it was similarly confusing. When I was young, I was really into theater, like really into like acting. And so I was taking a summer acting class And this boy was in it. And I was an inexperienced 14-year-old. We've talked before about how I was, like, gawky and weird at looking and whatever until (laughs) I was in eighth grade. And Mm -hmm. this was the summer after ninth grade. Mm -hmm. And I was just starting to, like, kind of figure out how to be comfortable in my body a little bit. But still was not – I had, had, like, two boyfriends who I just kissed. Like, very innocent, very naive – very curious. Mm-hmm. Super wanted to make out. Yeah. <laughs> because I was 14 and 14. Making out. I want to make out. Um, and this guy kind of like checked all the boxes. Like he. <laughs> so really, he's a senior? He, or? he was. He, I think, had just graduated oh, okay. from high school. Like he drove a motorcycle and he liked the Ramones and he liked the Dead Kennedys mm. and he played the guitar and he wrote horrible if you're listening, you wrote horrible poetry. But my little 14-year-old <laughs> self was like, this is so deep. He's so deep. So I had, like, a big crush on him. Yeah. And we became friends and then, like, would hang out on lunch on our lunch breaks. And, like, this all developed, like, fast because that is also what, like, people grooming children do. Like, it move, they move fast mm-hmm. and, like, it, it would – and, like, ramp up the emotional intensity. So within, I think, like – two or three weeks of being in the class, like we would like go and eat our lunch together and like make out. And without going into too much detail, there was one lunch break where um, we were in the backstage area at the theater. I thought we were just going to like smooch a little bit and go and eat lunch, but that's not what happened. And I was put into a closet um, that I couldn't get out of. My clothes were taken away and oh wouldn't gosh. be given back until I perform until I until some things happened. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do. So I did what was being quote unquote asked. Like what I was And people were there, like out outside of the closet, I mean. No You're um, at school? We were at it was at the Arizona Theater Company. Oh, okay. So people would like disperse into like downtown Tucson to go get their lunch. So like we were backstage in one of the dressing rooms, mm-hmm. basically, and there was nobody around. Okay. So I'm just like shoved into this space. And I it was kind of one of those like the only way out is through situations. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I definitely didn't consent like I definitely was yeah. like I don't I really don't want to do this but in my head I also was like I would like to get out of this closet yeah um and I the doors being blocked I'm not strong I'm just let's just get this over with mm-hmm. um and then it was a mind fuck because we went back from lunch and back to rehearsal mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just like had to pretend it was I think that's probably the first time in my life that I just completely disassociated yeah yeah and then I I didn't tell anybody and actually this guy wound up getting me into trouble um to the extent that like I w- we were both kicked out of that class mm-hmm. and then I never saw him again mm-hmm. um but 
You never saw him again? We a couple weeks later we did How's something a? a couple weeks later we did something where we got in like pretty big trouble with the theater company and got we were like drinking on our lunch break mm-hmm. and like a lot of not great things happened on our lunch break apparently. Mm-hmm. Got caught, got in trouble, got kicked out of the company, got kicked out of the play. Um and then like obviously the like I was in enormous trouble mm-hmm. and was not allowed to ever see him again mm-hmm. um oh, it's like hard to breathe when i think yeah. about it yeah um and but f- i i had no like understanding of what happened i just knew that i felt really bad and really ashamed about it and then it was like fast forward almost a year i'm in my first like what became a serious relationship with my high school sweetheart mm-hmm. and i would have these like really intense emotional reactions to any physical mm-hmm. touch making mm-hmm. out snuggling anything and finally one day I just blurted out I was like this is what happened to me last summer I'm such a whore and uh, like because I just I I didn't know what it was I just felt disgusting and I'll never forget he looked at me and just said no what happened to you that day was total rape like my high school boyfriend was the first person to name it Mm -hmm. and I was like oh that's why I feel so bad. Yeah. And for a long, long, long time, he was the only person who knew. Mm-hmm. Having somebody who loved me name it for me and talk to me about it and then also be like, we don't have to do anything. Like, we can just hold hands. Like, he yeah. was so That's, great about it. Yeah. Um. Well, he had been my best friend for years beforehand. Mm-hmm. But something about, like, that in and of itself was so healing. It's the perfect way for, like, friends and family to respond, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. But, like, blurting it out and having somebody be like, oh, my God, like, that wasn't okay. You're not bad. What do you need? Like, let's just lightly hold hands if that's all that you're comfortable mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself was, like, really healing. Mm-hmm. And then I worked on it more in therapy as an adult, mm. when I, I remember when I started therapy in my early 30s, telling that story, totally minimizing it to my therapist. And he was like, yeah, that's at least sexual assault, quote unquote, at least, but like rape. Yeah. And also like you weren't old enough to consent to any physical acts yeah. with an 18 year old. Yeah. Um, and then the second time, like much shorter story, much more straightforward. I was in college Met this guy at my work. We went out on a few dates, slept at his house, like went to his apartment one night, got too drunk to drive home and spent the night. And then in the middle of the night, woke up and sex was happening. Oh, um, and then I was like, oh, what are you doing? Stop. And he did stop when I said said to stop. But yeah. he, I never said to start. To start. Yeah. But in that instance, I just like disassociated, went to sleep, drove home. Then I, I didn't see him again for years. And it never really registered to me that, like, I remember feeling upset and weird the next mm-hmm. day. But in my head, I was like, well, I probably would have slept with him anyway. Like, yeah. that's just not how I would have done it. Like, I just was right. like, I don't know. This is weird. Put it away. Yeah. And then years later, I ran into him. That was when I was 19. I ran into him out in Phoenix when I was 22. And this disgusting motherfucker comes up to me and says, hey, girl. First of all, don't ever say, hey, girl. Mm. I was like, oh, hey. And he had the audacity to say, I miss having sex with you. Ew. Which is gross. Like, just like none of that is good. Like, even if you have had consensual sex with someone, if you're seeing them for the first time in four years, that's not the move. No. Um. But I looked at him and I was like, and at first in my head, I was like, did we even have sex? Mm-hmm. And then I remembered what happened. And Shit. and I everything just like, do you ever have things just like click into focus in your brain? Yes. It was like, chick, 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 and I can't believe this came out of my mouth. But I looked at him dead ass in the eyes and was like, we didn't have sex. You raped me. Oh, fuck. And he was like, what? And then I like just walked away. But Good what for you? But like, here's the terrifying thing. He didn't know he raped me. Oh, God. You know, like, that's in his. Yeah, that's the thing that is so scary. And that's why I think we need to be careful about like, oh, it was just a date rape or it was just this when it's like, no, like nothing is just okay. And this person, he was very privileged. He was rich. He was a fucking Brock Turner. Pretty much like lived in Scottsdale. 
no concept that like people have like feelings and emotions outside of him. That just totally reminded yeah. me of that show may this may destroy you when she like yes. was on the podium and she's like this yes. motherfucking rate motherfucker rate me. Oh my god, I had such a big reaction to that. This mm-hmm. is probably why like now I'm figuring out and really mm-hmm. poor my partner and I watched that together and, and <laughs> oh in that moment I was like vibrating with some feeling some type of way and of course like my partner is like wonderfully supportive i think you're just like mm, this is like really affecting her uh-huh, uh-huh. um but i was like vibrating with rage but like that is in that moment it all clicked into focus and i was like that's what happened to call somebody that's out on their shit you're so like weird. yeah then i just walked away and then he then a f- he was around at this place that my friends used to dj for a while until i told one of them like hey he is dangerous and then they kind of made it known to him he couldn't come around, but he was like, mm-hmm. you have to stop telling people that I did that. And I was like, but you, you did like, you have to stop talking to me now. Yes. Like, yeah. And don't fucking bye. tell me yeah. anything like, ew. But yeah. So, Oof. I mean, those were my experiences and yeah. in, in both cases, I didn't know, I didn't realize that that's what had happened. Yeah. Until, until. In the first case, someone named it for me. And in the second case, to like years later when like it clicked into my head and I realized it. Mm. And I feel like that is common. So, I mean, I was just literally saying 26 years later, here I am like, "Mm, yes, it was. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's so important to uh, like to identify and acknowledge because it's like it's okay to to process these things and any sort of manner, any whatever, you know what I mean? If it if you come to this realization later on, like it's still what it was true is true, you know, and that's why I hate this bullshit of like, you know, when um, I can't remember which fucking who it was, some political guy. And she was talking about she came on to the yeah. stand and talked about how what he did to her. Oh, um, um, Kavanaugh, the yes. Supreme Court. And I don't yeah. care if it was. When it was or how it was, or if you just now come into the realization of what it was, like your body and your mind will do things to protect you. Yeah. And it won't let you believe these things, right? Because it's literally meant to help you survive. Your mind is there to help you survive and it'll protect you. It'll shut shit down. It'll have you disconnect. It'll like, have you not met, like remember certain things, you know? So how you process things or when you process it or when you realize what has happened, happened, like it's fucking okay. Like mm-hmm. that's okay. Like you don't need to, again, like literally we're both saying the same thing right here is I took us you know, years to, to like really name like what had happened and the impact of it. Yeah. You know, um, thank you for sharing your stories. It's a lot. I still, I've done, I've done a lot of work in therapy. I've done EMDR on both of these things. I've done a lot of work. Yeah. I don't feel like either of them were my fault. I don't feel shame about them anymore, Mm -hmm. but I do still feel sad when I think about 14 year old me and 19 year old me. Yes, it is sad. It it for sure impacted me in terms of um, feelings of self-worth and perception of like safety and uh, with intimacy weirdly like yeah. um it impacted me more more with like emotional intimacy than mm. physical intimacy mm-hmm. yeah that um, makes sense i mean i've worked through those things but it, it yeah it had a it had an impact for a while mm-hmm. for sure i mean it does i mean you don't especially um given your two scenarios or your two experiences, sorry, were with people that you knew and mm-hmm. that you cared about, that you liked. Yeah, had and crushes then, on. Yeah. And then they totally like... Threw me away like garbage. Did that shit to you. <laughs> Treated me like a urinal. That's yeah. how I felt And so, of time. course, like, it's going to be difficult with an emotional yeah. um, connection more so than a physical one. You know, we can all... That's the same with me. Like, I can be physical... Well, no, I can't. I mean, I have a lot of shit. <laughs> but what it, like, I have a hard time with emotional too, you know, yeah. but like physical. Yeah. Like I get flashbacks a lot, you know, because, um, because I don't know, uh, you know, there was a story that I shared on, on our Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, about our babysitters when we were fucking, when I was four or five years old, you know, and that was, that was a thing. That was my first introduction to like sex and um, being close to a boy, you mm-hmm. know, like, and I honestly do not remember 
if anything happened in that sleeping bag. And I don't know if that my mind is blocking me out or if nothing happened. Like, I, I don't know. And may, I may no never know. 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 And that's okay. Yeah. I just know that it wasn't fucking okay. It wasn't right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was fucking five. Um, and they're teenage boys. Um, and there's just been a lot of... Um, throughout my life, throughout my childhood, you know, sex was like... It was interesting because we had the whole sex episode, mm-hmm. right? And I'm um, very curious and I've always been a very curious yeah. little girl and like really sexual. And, you know, I, I may even liked that time when I was five years old, like these boys, like, you know, like you get crushes on boys. Yes. And it's on the teenage boy. Yeah. You know, like, oh, my God, this five year old has a crush on me. This is so like embarrassing i need to make sure i have like a good boundary about yeah that. and yeah. like you don't realize this until later yeah. how fucked up shit was right and then um but i don't again i don't say that anything who knows i don't know i don't know i was always um curious and you know i don't know where i'm going with this well but. i think a big <laughs> i think a big issue is that we are not taught about boundaries or consent. Mm-hmm. You're, we're not taught that in sex education. I mean, I know I was in high school a long time ago. Maybe sex education has changed in the state I grew up in. I doubt it has. But we're not taught about, like, bodily autonomy. Think no. about it even as kids. Like, if you go over to a relative's house and, like, you don't feel like giving your grandpa hug that right, day right not because your grandpa's creepy or anything like you just don't feel like it and then yeah. you're like come on give grandpa a hug like right. give auntie a hug like coerced into letting adults hug you which is benign mm-hmm. except that it teaches you that you do not get to have a say over right. what happens to your body yeah like we're programmed from a young age that we don't have bodily autonomy that it's not okay mm-hmm People who are, you know, boys or assigned like male at birth are not taught about asking permission, asking consent. I remember, oh my God, when I started um, dating again after my last long relationship a couple of years ago, um, a couple of people I went on uh, dates with asking if it was okay to kiss me and me being like, Oh, it, my first reaction being like, oh, my God, don't ask. That's not sexy at all. Grab mm-hmm. me and fucking kiss me. Mm-hmm. And then being like, oh, no, that's my bad programming. <laughs> like, no. Like, yeah. how cool that I was asked if that is something that would be okay. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, like, there are uh, people out there that clearly have been taught about consent who are careful and thoughtful and, like, sensitive. Mm-hmm. But the majority of people aren't and like we're taught that we don't get to have a say over what happens to our bodies that's so true and it's more so like making sure the other person feels comfortable yes and it's like what about i don't feel comfortable though like god i used to just do back bends not literally because i'm not flexible but like you know such mental gymnastics to like make other people comfortable especially in romantic situations at the expense of like expense of what i felt like i wanted to do or yes. what i think would feel good and i i have to believe that it in some way goes back to these early experiences where like the message i got is like you don't have a say and you're not worth very much and i want something from you and i'm going to get it yes yeah i mean it- there's some sort of um, programming that happens yeah. back then, especially as a child when you're like a fucking sponge and you suck everything up and it mm-hmm. literally every time is your first time, mm-hmm. you know? And so first impressions are make a big impact. We all know that. So yeah. it's like hard to get over your first. Um, we all remember our first. It's hard to like change that, you know, change uh, your thought process around what that meant for you at the time. Um but yeah, I mean, growing up, uh, I mean, I won't talk a lot about this here, um, but I was um, uh, I was abused as a child, sexually abused as a child, and whether or not that played a role into how I handled, um, I mean, it had to, it had to play a role of how I handled being treated when I was 14 years old by mm-hmm. somebody taking my virginity 
you know what I mean? About minimizing what just Mm -hmm. happened because I was taught to minimize that for so fucking long. It's not that big of a deal. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? This happens. That became Um, a survival strategy. Yeah. Like freeze or fawn. Yeah. Because it was, I was 14 and, um, my abuse happened for many years before then. I mean, not, I mean, that was like the year that I, that like, (laughs) <laughs> went to shit yeah. <laughs> um, a lot happened that, that everything kind of came out but I mean the abuse was throughout a lot of my childhood years um, but it was uh, I was taught to minimize those things or those things weren't important or I wasn't what I was saying wasn't valid or um, nothing was going to be done about it so why the fuck would I think anything would be done about what this dude was fucking like that you know and even so I think it all has to do with it too is um again like the impact of other people shit of like making other people feel comfortable and at ease mm-hmm. with this very uncomfortable topic of sexual abuse of sexual assault of rape um when you're like but wait i'm i'm the one i'm the victim here yep. like this happened to me yep like so why the fuck do you feel so uncomfortable with this shit Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's so important for people to hear. And there's something I want to say if we can think about like what we've learned, like our journey to like healing and recovery, things that help. The the first thing I want to say to like any survivor is that you did everything right in those moments to survive Mm -hmm. to get out of there alive however you responded whatever your body did whatever you said whether you fought or didn't fight like you made a series of choices based on the situation Mm -hmm. to stay alive and good for you yeah good for you fucking function it wasn't (laughs) it was not your fault no and As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Your story is yours which is like sort of cliche to say, but like there is something about being able to claim the story, to unpack it, to like construct a narrative about what happened that isn't like I did something wrong or I asked for it, but I did what I needed to do to survive it. And I'm still here and I'm still standing Mm -hmm. and I have a future that I still get to have a present and a future that I still get to live in, be present in and, um, create for myself yes yes regardless of what choices you made before during or after Mm -hmm. whatever those choices were they were the right ones they were thank you you know like that's what and i think that people don't realize that like i will say i will talk with clients sometimes i'm like 
whatever you did before, during, and after were the right choices to keep you alive, to keep you surviving at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only person that did something wrong is the person who caused you harm. Yes. Let's stop carrying their shame for them. Mm-hmm. Let's give it to who it belongs, the person who harmed you. Yeah. Yes, thank you, you know? for saying that because it's so fucking true. You know, like I sometimes like beat myself up about the way that I what I didn't do or did do or say or didn't say or how I was or was a fucking drug addict, you know, like all yeah. the fucking things, you know, but I'm just like, I did whatever the fuck I need. Like here I am today. Yes. When I think sometimes, well, and this is why many people don't report. I didn't report either of those, obviously. I didn't either. um, Neither did my mom. It would never, it didn't occur to me. Mm -hmm. That's awful. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And in my case, like there wouldn't have, like quite frankly, like there wouldn't have been any evidence to even open an investigation with, like at all. Because the criminal quote unquote justice system is trash, but that's probably another episode anyway. Yeah. Like where was I going with that? But you didn't report. So, I didn't report yeah, about and, my 14 year old. Right? And then for, and I've had some, I know some people who have, and have been asked by the police, like, well, why didn't you fight? Why didn't you scream? Why didn't oh, you this or that? Oh, and that's God. where I just, I always go back to that because you did what you needed to do to make it out alive. Yes. What if you had fought? You don't know what would I have happened no to idea. you. Enormous physical harm could have come to you. Yes. He was a big guy. You made the choices you needed to make to survive the moment and get to the next. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Same with you. Yeah. You know? So and weird. it's just like, yeah. And B, thank you. I mean, I just really appreciate you saying that because it just makes me, I don't know. And for anybody listening, like, be, like again, be kind to yourself. Like, yes. You did what you had to do, and and here we are. Like, here we fucking are. Here you are listening to us. Here I, we are speaking about this. Like, and it happened a long time ago, and it's still it's still a healing process. Every, ever, you know, not every day, but I'm like, when it comes up, yeah, there's a lot of shit yeah. still there, you yeah. know? Um, <laughs> For me, I think it's mostly when I'm watching shows, like, I will destroy you, and then I just get... I just get mad. Yeah. Because I'm like, ugh, like the scene where the guy takes off the condom while he's having sex. Yes. I was like, oh, cool. He's raping God. her now. Like she didn't consent to that. Yeah. There's just, and this is, we're, we're going to do next season, a whole episode on building a consent culture, like with a, an actual sex educator. Cause that's what I mean. Like people don't understand, like in, I will destroy you. Arabella consented to have sex with him with a condom. Mm-hmm. The moment he removed it, she was no longer consenting yeah. to the experience that was happening. Right. But people don't th- – like, there's not a cultural understanding that, like, consent is – like, consent is I've agreed to this under these circumstances. Yeah. Also, I can revoke my consent at any point, but you don't get to, like, sneak behind my back no. and change the circumstances of what I have agreed to do with my body. Especially, it's like, I agree to safe sex, motherfucker. Yes. And I yes. agree to not having a fucking baby, motherfucker. Yeah. I agree to not having a fucking STD. Yeah. Like, that shit pissed me off when I saw him like, oh, take I was, his condom off. I, I was, was like, so who mad. the fuck? Like, oh, so sorry it doesn't feel the same with the condom on. You know what I mean? Then like, have that conversation up front and let her decide. Exactly. Don't just do it behind her back and just like, like literally now she has to fucking. I know. And then she has to fucking buy plan B and, like, deal with that shit, you know? like that fucks you up. Yes, it does. Like, yeah, it's a whole thing. It fucking pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, consent is just, (laughs) consent is very, very, very important. And it's very nuanced. And it's so much more, it's not like, yes, I said, let's have sex. So now anything that you want to do to me during this interaction is okay. Yeah, no, No. absolutely not. And it's okay to just it's just okay to just stop too. It's, yeah, it's also okay to say like this hurts or it's like that's happened before. Yes. And like I don't like yeah, it hurts. Like I don't, this doesn't feel right. Like can we just stop it? Can we just stop it? I'm lucky that like in times when I have said that to a partner, like they're always like, Oh, thank you for telling me. Like you know, these days I'm sleeping with with people that like don't want to have sex with me if it hurts or doesn't yeah, feel good. That's nice. <laughs> so, like they would like to know that information yeah. instead of just getting through it. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, I just think that we need to teach from a young, we need to teach consent and developmentally appropriate ages ways from a really young age. Absolutely. And like, even, you know, even though I've been with my partner for 16 years, it's still a consent is still very fucking valid. You know? Oh, yeah. It's not just. Yeah. Oh, this is I think about women. It's not like um, I have to do it because we're together or like we owe each other something or I owe him something or it's been a week. We have to have sex now. You know, like like, I can't do that. The laws around marriage, like women of like my grandmother's generation, like were raped in their marriages all the time. But like it was like, well, you agreed to get married. So that means blanket consent for whatever, whenever your husband wants to get it in. Like there were like the the laws around like being raped by your married partner are like new Mm -hmm. and and actually not in every state. Damn. Because that's how little our bodily autonomy matters. Oh, so Okay, let's talk a bit. Cause we've said a few times, like healing's possible, recovery's possible. Yes. Um, is there anything that you want to share about, like, what's been helpful for you in processing these experiences and, um, like, healing those wounds? Hmm. You know, honestly, what's helped me the most, like, the most, is finally talking about it. Yeah. Because I didn't talk about it for so long. Yeah. So I started talking about it in therapy. And then I started talking about it to my friends, to Sergio. And that has helped me. If you're if you're surrounded by the right ones, you know, um, they will listen and they will help guide you. And they will remind you that, one, it's not your fault. And two, you're so fucking worthy of more than that shit. So that's what's helped me the most is like just like opening up my mouth and saying something. Mm-hmm. Same. Breaking yeah. the silence was yeah. huge for me. Talking about it in therapy, um, receiving support from people that were just like, that was wrong. You didn't deserve it. You are so enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, I think another way I've found healing over the years is like in relationships, being able to say like, this is something that has happened to me and I've been lucky in long-term relationships, having partners that are like, that's horrible, but I don't think you're broken. Mm-hmm. Cause that mm-hmm. is something I always like, I, I have worried about in the past, not even in my thirties, but in my twenties, like not wanting to be seen as like damaged goods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I think I've found healing similarly through talking about it and yeah. through relationships with people who are kind and treat me with respect and who ask for consent, friendships and romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. my, yeah, my current partner is like, I've never felt more safe with somebody good teary-eyed thinking about that but you know it's just it's it is just possible once if you're able to break the silence and get some support to find your way to people who respect you and see you as whole Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and who understand that what's happened to you is not you yeah it's not your personality it's not the defining characteristic of you No. And also, um, to add to that, they can see more so of your choices or your, your behaviors or your patterns or your, you know, your thought patterns of why you react the way you do sometimes or get triggered by certain things. Um, so just opening up that conversation just also helps them like, Oh, so that's why you Mm -hmm. were, that's why this happened or this is why you were sad or, you know, um, why we didn't have sex that night. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, yes, yes, you know? Um, so communication is fucking huge, you know? Um, and if you're with people that you trust, I, I very I encourage you to just communicate with them because they want you to be happy and they want to love you and they do love you. Um, mm-hmm. But they also need to know what you need from them. That is true. You got to communicate what's needed. Yeah. I will say to you, um, if you are the friend or a family member of someone who has survived a rape or an assault and they disclose to you, first of all, remember that it's an 
it's an incredible honor because they trust you enough with this thing that they for sure feel shame about. Mm -hmm. So it's extremely, um, it's emotionally distressing to receive that information, Mm -hmm. to learn that this has happened to someone you love. But in that moment, you cannot make it about how you feel about knowing Mm -hmm. you have to make, make it about the person who's disclosing. So whatever you need to do to like ground, get calm, to take the information in, to be curious about their needs Like that is so essential. So if you have this big emotional reaction, they're going to feel more shame. And you're also then requiring them to do emotional labor for you to comfort you. Right. So that's just something important to know if you have a friend or family member disclose. And then the other thing is like, you do deserve support. This is, it's extremely upsetting to find out. Mm -hmm. And there are resources out there for friends and family of assault survivors. A good place to start is, um, the rain, um, website. Oh, yeah. R A I N. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, always that. makes me think of Tori Amos cause she did ads for them in the nineties. Oh, 90s, oh but, I don't even know. Um, there's really, there's great resources on rain for survivors and friends and family. Wait, is it two N's? It is. Yeah. R A I N N. N N. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, we'll post it in the show notes and we'll share stuff on our social media when this comes out as well, but that's a great resource. Um, you deserve support. If this has happened to you and you deserve support, if this has happened to a friend or family member, it's just so important that you yeah. respond calmly to the disclosure so that you don't inadvertently create more shame or emotional labor for the person. And I just wanted to share yeah. that because it's like, it's, it's counter, it's counter to us as emotional beings, but it is actually like extremely, extremely important. Yeah. Because then- you make it about you, but it's yeah. not, again, like what I was speaking to earlier, like this is, didn't happen to you. This happened exactly. to me. Exactly. You know? So like, I know it's uncomfortable, but so was what happened to me. Yep. <laughs> and then, I mean? and like, like, shit, and, so is it me yeah. trying to tell you this? <laughs> like finally working up the courage, right? And, and like secondhand trauma is real. Like it, yes. you know, it hurts me to hear from people I love that bad things have happened to them. And I take that hurt and I process it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't make the person who's coming to me with such like courage and bravery process my feelings yes. in that moment. So yes. yeah. it's just important. I just think that's important. To know. It is important because um, it helps sets up the ones that um, are on the receiving end. And then mm-hmm. also the ones that, you know, want to deliver this information to their loved ones and not quite sure how to do it. And then knowing that you can do it and it's not on you to uh, make them feel good about it or feel comfortable about it like yeah it's not your responsibility your responsibility is to yourself and um share what you need to share and you cannot control other people's reactions or responses but hopefully you know they'll they love you like we love you we love you we love you um Wow. I think those were kind of our pearls of wisdom. I'm like out I of wisdom. Oh, so. I mean, this has been a like an episode, y'all. Yeah, we're like, whew, we gotta go shake it off. The yeah. final thing I did want to share with people, and we will post this again on social media and in the show notes, is that if you are a survivor or the friend or family member of a survivor and you need help and you don't know where to start or you're in crisis. There is a national sexual assault hotline that you can call, and the number is 1-800-656-4673. You can also um, go on uh, Rain's website and, like, chat with somebody. You can also text. And so there's lots of – that's just a good place to start if you need help. Yes. Okay. Well, um, we're tired, so this it episode a- needs to end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been quite the episode, and we need to go and process this. Yeah. As all of you who are listening probably do as well. So um, thank you for making it to the end of this fucking episode. Yeah. Um, rate, review, subscribe. Find yeah. us on Instagram-ish. Yes. Uh, don't talk. Podcast. Podcast. We want to hear your stories. If you feel like you want to break the silence, you can trust us. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, we'll see you next week for our last episode of the season. Yes. Thank you so much. You can also email us at info at shdonttalk.com. 
And again, thank you so much for hanging out with us um, and listening to this whole episode because it's a lot. And we, we appreciate you. Uh, you giving us the space and the time. So yeah. we love you. We love you all. Okay, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> ah!